Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a quick moment and just relax, and just remind yourself, God loves you, that you're on his path, you're under his supervision, his guidance, under his counsel. He is responsible for you. You don't need to be trying to get his attention or to uh, influence him. He's on your side already because you and your spirit, God's is one with God's spirit. So when he looks at you when he thinks of you he's thinking of himself he is invested in you in in you becoming one spirit soul and body because you're one with him in your spirit so we are simply returning being restored to the originally intent god had for us in Adam and Eve. Now, we're different than Adam and Eve. We talked many times about the difference, that at least it begins with being grateful, having an attitude of gratitude, appreciating what God is doing, who he is, how much we value him in our lives. And these are things that God reveals to us as we as we walk the path that God has each one each one of us on. So we've been kind of leading up to being more proactive in learning about the supernatural realm. There's just as a reminder, there's three realms of reality. There's the natural, the supernatural, and the spiritual. Supernatural, super is just above. So you can think of it as natural, above natural, and spiritual. Spiritual is a totally different kind of character and quality. Spiritual is describing the nature of God. Now you and I are in are also spirit beings. We are either dead in our spirit or alive in our spirit. If we've been born again, we have been re-enlivened in our spirit. And spirit, there's only one kind of spirit, and that's God. We even refer to two types of spirit, God's spirit and our spirit, but it's really the same thing. Spirit begets spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And as with God's qualities of his character, of uh, of the power and authority and all the characteristics that he has, omniscient, omnipotent, all creative, all loving, all righteous, those are all qualities of 
my spirit, of your spirit, of our spirit. We're all one in him, spiritually speaking. That just juxtaposes against our soul who has created a self-righteousness, a self-centeredness, where rather than than getting life from the life that's now available in the spirit, we get life on our own. And God does not hold that against us. He understands that. that this is the process and the path that he has set for each one of us. Now, God himself is in the, in the, is working to restore your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. He's restoring your soul to its relationship with your spirit. So that the life that is in your spirit is given to your soul. And through that process, God himself is healing your soul, is shining truth in the dark corners of your soul, is relieving the responsibility of your soul to meet its own needs. And we've talked about how your soul has set up its own kingdom, has doing everything it can to meet its own needs its way which, again, God knew that that was what's going to happen. But it no longer has a job to do. Yourself is no longer in charge of your soul's getting, your soul getting its needs met. Your needs will now be met by spirit, which is the original way your spirit, soul, and body was created. Life comes in at the spirit, it's fed into your soul, and eventually into your body. That was interrupted. Now God is restoring. The big block, the big barrier is yourself. And we're not, we're not disparaging the self, and this is where we get into some term issues trying to describe this and describe that, really just don't get too hung up on terminology, just as we're going to be specifically talking about supernatural and clarifying it from spiritual. The distinctions are what's important, not the terms. So when we talk about soul, when we talk about mind, will, and emotions, I know there's a lot of people who have different ideas about what the soul is, that's fine. We're not about arguing about the conscience and instinct and, the, and, and any other aspect of what people think are also in the soul. That's fine. But we can all agree that the soul and the spirit are two different things. Hopefully, we can all agree on that, just as we can agree that the soul and the body are different. And our approach, we're trying to be simple and objective and learn. The more we have a tendency, we all do, to try to make things 
or to make things more complicated than they are. So we're going to just try to experience and see how things work. For instance, if we were wanted to learn how to swim, if we didn't know how to swim, how do we learn how to swim? Well, some people just, you know, jump in and they flail around until they figure out, okay, how, this is how you float, this is how you swim, and it may not be pretty, but, you know, or riding a bike. And then other people, okay, they want a diagram, they want to understand what's in the water, they want to understand, well, why would I float, why would I, why, why would why do I even want to do this? That's fine. Whatever it takes. Each one of us is going to have a different approach, is going to have a different outlook, and is going to have a different experience. Now, there's likely to be some commonalities, but they're not restrictive. In other words, we're never going to say, well, if you don't do this, if you don't have this experience, if you don't see things this way, you're missing something or you're missing out on something or there's something wrong with you or, you know, fill in the blank. God's not pleased with you. Now, something interesting that happens when we start doing this is things come up. Uh, feelings, emotions, memories, ideas that may be uncomfortable. And that's good. Because part of the reason we're doing this is to make sure that there's no area in our soul that God doesn't have access to. Now, we all have closets in our soul where we keep things hidden. We think God doesn't see them. And there are some things we aren't even aware of. But they still have an influence on the restoration of our soul. And that's our goal, is that we would become one spirit, soul, and body. The goal is not to be an expert on the supernatural realm or an expert on anything. anything. Our goal, main goal, long-term goal, however long it takes, is to become one spirit, soul, and body in God, in Christ. Now, he's doing that. God himself is doing that. So we don't have to worry about that part of it. But the path that he has us on right now the project that he has assigned for us while we are here on this earth is to restore our soul and in turn our body. And we'll get to that some other time. But your your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. We've talked about how your 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 mind is different than your brain and then we have a chooser, we, we make decisions, and sometimes, you know, other, our emotions invo- are involved, and we don't always exercise good judgment, but that's something we can learn. We've, we've talked about different aspects of our soul. 
So we, and yet we don't have to have a full understanding about what our soul is or even how it functions. We can trust that God knows and that he's drawing our soul to our spirit in whatever way he chooses. Now, we can stop right there and go, okay, do we trust God to do this? And in the process of thinking about that, you may think, well, actually I don't because he's disappointed me or he let this happen or fill in the blank. That's something that God is using the circumstance right here, right now to bring to light that there's a wound that needs to be healed, that God wants to heal. When something comes to the surface, it's because God is ready to deal with it. Now, he doesn't heal everything the way we think he should or in the manner and the, or the timing. Think about Paul, you know, how many times he went, you know, please remove this thorn. And God said, no. God answered him, but he said, no. My grace is sufficient. To me, I, I, I come away with that, okay, this is all part of the plan. So it's necessary for you to keep that thorn while you're here on this earth. And we go, okay, well, that the matter is settled. But he didn't stop until he got an answer from God. Now, sometimes we don't get an answer, and we don't just sit there and gripe and complain. Sometimes it's because we're asking for that information we've asked asking for that change we're asking for that healing on our terms you know we don't want to change we want god to change something else or you know god we god we you know we're hurt by something going on in the family and yet we feel trapped by the family and we won't leave the situation and we keep on asking God to make it make a change when when he is saying he is the purpose of his arranging those circumstances is for you to make the change and learn how how your soul works in that area so again this is complex but it as we start understanding God's purpose for our soul to become one with our spirit not to become less than it is, not, and not to become more than your soul is, but that it be restored to the original soul that God gave you, relying in one with your spirit. Now, part of the process we are learning is that we are to learn how our, what our soul is is by what it does. And we've talked about these solical abilities. Now again, go back to the three realms of reality, the natural, the supernatural, and the spiritual. Now our solical realm, our soul is part of what I call, referred to as the solical realm. And I kind of, in my mind, classify, have a little circle for everybody who has a soul, every creature that has a soul, that soul 
of whatever creature it is dwells in that circle, starting point. I may change my mind in a year or five minutes from now or 20 years from now or never. It may be absolutely accurate. Maybe, you know, animals have a different solical realm. You know, angels and demons have different solical realms. Dinosaurs, you know, ghosts, aliens have different, or we're all in the same solical realm. I don't know. I'm open to finding out, but for right now, I want to keep things simple. If we're all any creature who has a soul, there's something in common. Now, it could be, again, that here's the angels over here. They have a soul coal realm over, in the, over to the left. And ghosts and aliens are just ghosts, have a soul coal realm over to the right. And then aliens are, are behind us. And then angels are to the left. And, you know, everybody has their own little garden of soul. Their soulical realm. Now, I also wonder if in that solical realm, there's also a division of different solical beings. Now, since time is connected to the natural realm, life and death are connected to the natural realm. I, you know, we don't know when we get the soul that we've got now. Is it tied to the body or is it tied to the spirit? When you die and go to, you know, the saying is to and we go to be with God, go to be in Christ, is that our soul and our spirit? We know the body doesn't go anywhere. You know, it, it stays here on this earth. So is our soul more connected to our spirit? And if our spirit is eternal, was our soul how how long ago did God connect your soul to your spirit and then put it in the, this particular body? We don't know yet. But let's say it was before you came into this body that God connected the soul that you have to your spirit. What about afterwards, after you die, after you leave the body you're in right now? The soul Does the soul stay connected to your spirit? These are all just questions. But the reason the questions are important is because it, it frees our mind from, hopefully, gets us to challenge what we think we know. Now, as we start thinking about, okay, this is how this aspect of the supernatural realm works. This is how that realm of the supernatural realm works. How do we find out? We test it. And we're going to be as objective as we can. And we're going to let whatever we are learning have its effect on us, whatever that may be. Because we're going to stay connected to God by trusting him and letting him love us and protect us and guide us. And where there's areas in our soul that comes up of, of fear or trying to, you know, impose our own beliefs, we're going to instead let God have his perfect work. 
accomplish what he wants to accomplish in us. Now, a long time ago, when I was working for, um, at that time it was just a, a you know, a, the a ministry had been only going for like maybe eight years or so, six years, I think. And um, I'd been learning some things kind of on my own while I was there working there. I was on staff. And it had occurred to me that some of the things that I was, the direction I was going in, one of the things that was stopping me was was fear, was fear of uh, the demonic. And in the ministry, there was a lot of differing kinds of teachings. And people would have certain kinds of experiences, and some would interpret those experiences as from God and some would interpret those experiences as from the devil as if they were the opposite as if they were opposing forces but I recognized that that the fear of whether it was a, the fear of the experience or the fear of that experience being critiqued by complete strangers that somebody has to be wrong somebody's right or at least maybe they're both wrong and and having having opposing views being in the middle of conflict is never pleasant well for most of us so that was a a struggle for me and I was real honest with God saying I know that this is the direction that you want me to be going in but you're going to have to do something about the fear now, notice I didn't try harder, and I didn't try to use scriptures to get rid of my fear, and I didn't focus on my fear. I simply laid out that the reality, that I was afraid of this, and that if he wanted me to go in this direction, he was going to have to do something. So it wasn't too much longer, like within within a week or so, that I was sitting, working in my office. Now, my office, we, the, the building we were in was like an old house. Um, and I was working in my office, and I looked across over my desk, and there was a big lizard that ran across, came out from the wall, and ran across the carpet in front of my desk, and under my door, which was closed, and it was, I could describe it to you, but it was just like a big lizard. And I went and I opened my door, and I saw it just go under another door as I was in the hallway. Now, there was not enough room under the door for this lizard to get through either my door or the other door, and like I said, it came out of the wall. Now, I remember thinking, oh, what was that? Curious, and I was wondering, and I was considering the 
everything that had happened. But I was not afraid. I knew it was something unnatural, supernatural, you know, uh, not normal, not natural. Not a, it wasn't a real lizard. But I wasn't afraid. And I simply thanked God. Because I, I, by having that experience, that fear of fear broke. He knew exactly what I needed. He knew what I needed to experience in order to break the fear of fear. Now, a couple days ago, we were, you know, in the meeting with, you know, I can't remember whether it was a meeting or we were just all sitting around talking. And I, you know, said, told what my experience was with the, with the giant lizard. And one person said, oh, that was just a snake. And I got kind of irritated, I got to tell you. I said, you don't think I know the difference between a snake and a lizard? And he kind of looked at me like, like offended at being challenged by, you know, by this, not, you know, by I knew what I saw. And, and then somebody else said, well, where, which door did you see it go under at the end? And I said it went into the utility room. And he goes, the one with the furnace in it. And I said, yes. He goes, well, that might be connected to all the people in working in that building who are getting sick with respiratory diseases. We'll look into that and see if that's something we need to pray about. And I said, okay. And what I found interesting was that the person who was quick to correct me, no, that was just a snake. He was the head of this ministry. He was the big guy. And the guy who said, well, that, you know, that might be connected to all the respiratory, who was open to, okay, there might be, you know, some connection here. He, he was the second in command. And, and that to say is there's, there's no experts. You're going to be your own expert. You're going to have your own experiences. You're going to learn firsthand for yourself. Now, there are books out there that describe demonics and angels and ghosts and aliens and out-of-body experiences and all different kinds of things. But you're going to be the expert on your experiences because you have the best teacher. God himself is going to teach you and guide you and counsel you. And you are going to write your own book. You are going to record your own experiences. And you're going to learn things that maybe nobody's ever learned before since Adam and Eve. God's always unfolding new things. But one of the things we want to do is to not bring to the table our own 
conclusions, our own interpretations, our own understanding. Now, I had some ideas about what that lizard was, but this other person clarified and said, well, maybe it's this. This is what's going on. It would fit. Let's look into it more. That's it. That's all you need to do. Let's look into this more. You, we're not going to face this with fear. We're not going to face this with, you know, um, we're, we're going to have, there are going to be dire consequences or that other people are going to be hurt. You know, always, we're always worried about if we get this wrong, other people will pay the consequences or we'll pay the consequences or we'll look bad or we'll make God look bad. None of that is concerned to God at all. Because remember, just as much as he's in charge of your circumstances, he's in charge of other people's circumstances as well. So if you, in the process of you learning how these things work, if, if you make a mistake, that's fine. You're going to make a mistake. When you make a mistake, when you make mistake after mistake after mistake, that's fine, because that's not, the goal is not to be perfect. In your spirit, you already are. The goal is to learn. And to do that, you're going to have to let God be the teacher and let God reveal himself. Rather than using your mind, which is still being controlled by yourself, rather than using your mind or your will or your emotions, or we always say, well, I really feel like this is from God. But your soul, so far, is not reliable because it's under the control of yourself. So start wherever you're at. I'd like you to write down everything you think about what we've just talked about. Think about, write down what you think you know about angels, about demons, about God, about your soul, about, about your soul, about your soulical abilities. Write down any experiences you've had. And ask God, what did that mean? And we will pick it up here next week. Drop me a line at dianaththereignersclub.org, and we will see how far we can get with this. And remember, there's nothing to fear. Now, we're going to respect power and authority, but it's not from fear. It's because we are learning. And we have, again, the greatest counselor. He's... You know, talk, our, our scriptures talk about putting on the whole armor, armor of God. That's knowing who is our guardian. So thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>